This is a Monty moment. I'm Johnny Montabano. As we get you ready for week seven in the college football season, a week that we've got a lot to talk about coming off of a thrilling week six and a very, very intriguing week number seven here in college football. If you look at the top 25 poll based off of last week, we saw that Oklahoma and Louisville both rose after the Sooners got past the Longhorns in their uh, Red, Rival- Red River rivalry game. Oklahoma jumped up to five. Louisville, a big jump as well. You also had Texas, USC, and Notre Dame, and Miami all falling after we saw Texas losing, obviously, to Oklahoma. USC winning and dropping out for the third straight week. Notre Dame falling to Louisville. And Miami, who just had you know the biggest collapse that we've ever seen, the biggest head-scratching play that you've ever seen with Mario Cristobal's squad not kneeling. Uh, against Georgia Tech and then Georgia Tech recovering a fumble and being able to score in the last second. I mean, very head-scratching, almost a fireball offense that. that. But if you look at the top 25 poll as a whole, Georgia remains number one. Their most dominant game all, all season against Kentucky. So they stay number one. Michigan, two. Ohio State, three. Florida State at four. Oklahoma jumping up to number five. Penn State, six. Washington, seven. Oregon, eight. Texas and USC, rounding out the top 10. So as far as the college football playoff picture goes, and we will have the first official college football playoff rankings coming out in about three weeks' time on Halloween night, and then, of course, we'll react to it the very next day here on Lamonte Moment. But the Sooners are in the discussion after moving up to number five in the AP poll. But here's the problem with all this. They're going to have to run the table because outside of their win last Saturday at the Cotton Bowl, they, they won't have any significant wins on their schedule. You know, they finish up with UCF at Kansas, at Oklahoma State, West Virginia, at BYU, and TCU. Meanwhile, a one-loss Texas already has a signature win at Alabama. And those two schools right now that we're talking about, Oklahoma and Texas, are the only Big 12 schools that are currently ranked, which the committee factors that all in. So it definitely a much bigger deal for for Oklahoma to win the Red River rivalry game than it is the Longhorns. So I think right now the way you look at it, Oklahoma's got to run the table. They've got to win the Big 12 championship game, finish up with a perfect undefeated season. And then I think you can definitely talk about them in the playoff picture. You know, a one-loss Texas with, you know, their loss being only, only loss being to Oklahoma, then they have that signature win with Alabama. Now, of course, that Alabama win is going to depend on how the tide do the rest of the season. And, you know, we're still on Alabama watch, you know, we're, we're waiting for them. If, are they going to get that second loss? I tell you though, you know, I look at them now. I watched them again last week. Yes. Is this a perfect Alabama school, a team? It is not, but Jalen Milrow is playing better. Their defense is still good, but they still make a lot of mistakes. They're still very undisciplined. Alabama is. And I know they got a favorable matchup with Arkansas this week, but you know, you got, you still got Tennessee. You still got LSU on the schedule. You're eventually going to, have to play Georgia, it looks like, in the SEC championship because it's definitely shaping up right now as we sit here in early to mid-October that we're going to be going down this road again. It's going to be an Alabama and Georgia SEC championship game. And right now, I just don't know if this Alabama team is good enough to win. I don't know uh, to win that. Uh, Georgia's definitely been playing better. Uh, I still have question marks. I know Milrow's been playing better, but I still have question marks with him. So we will see what happens there. But that's where the Texas win against Bama takes that much more meaning if that ends up being the case. Now, let's talk about USC here because this is another school that's been in the headlines here for the last couple of weeks. 
Yes, they're undefeated, but defensively, it has been a struggle to say the least. You know, we know how much how how they had to hold on against Colorado uh, two weeks ago. Last week, they struggled against Arizona. They got through it in overtime, but now they have to go to Notre Dame, and they're an underdog. Yes, they are getting points at the Irish. USC is, and I'll tell you what. You know, just looking at some stats and just studying you the Trojans' games here. I think a reason why you're seeing them struggle defensively is their offense is too good. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, they score too quickly. In fact, if you look at their time of possession here, their defense is out on the field more than their offense is. So I don't care if you have the 85 Bears defense. If they're out, if a defense is out there for more than half the game, it'll get tired. It'll get exposed, especially against great offensive teams. And, you know, the Pac-12 has them. And if you look at who the Trojans have to play here after the Irish, you know, they got it. They've got to play Utah, who USC lost to twice in 2022. They got to play Cal, Washington, Oregon, and UCLA. So, as much as I want to say that a Pac 12 school is going to be one of the four teams playing at the end of the year, it's not going to be the Trojans. And we'll find out, you know, they're going to have to run the, I think they're going to have to not only run this table, but they've got to start playing some, some stout defense. Now, they've obviously still got Caleb Williams, who is a favorite for the Heisman, but you start to see a lot of great quarterbacks and other players in that conversation as well. So here in the middle of October, what will we have four different conferences in the 14 college football playoff or will a conference get two teams like we've seen before? So it's still wide open here with three weeks to go until the first official rankings come out and about seven weeks or so to go in the season before we get to the conference championships and then bowl season. So let's see what we could do here. Now, I got to tell you, you look at this week coming up, and not only are there are a lot of great games, but there are a lot of tempting bet choices. Now, there are three games that I'm looking at to watch here. We're not; these are not going to be our official picks, but three games that I'm just going to tell you that you have to watch here for certain reasons. I wouldn't pick these games against the spread, but these are games that I would actually pick the totals on. And two of them are the two big Pac-12 matchups which started 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. You've got 8th-ranked Oregon taking on 7th-ranked Washington. And this matchup is going to look like – looks like the winner of this one is probably going to be the favorite to come out of the Pac-12 right now as we sit here in the middle of October. But you've also got a battle of Heisman candidates here and future NFL draft quarterbacks with Bo Nix there for the Ducks and Michael Penix for Washington. You know, Washington's laying three in this matchup, but I would t- what I would do is if I'm a betting man is I would take the over in this matchup for sure. But if I was kind of a betting person, I actually would lean towards the Ducks in this one. I think they're actually overall the more complete team in this one, but I'm just not confident enough to pick them in, in, a, in, a, in a point spread game. But I would definitely take the over, and if I had to, I would lean more towards the Ducks way. But this is a huge matchup because, like I said, Whoever wins this one is going to probably be your favorite to in the college football playoff picture and the Pac-12 picture, especially with the way that USC is playing. If they cannot get their defense you know, squared away here, I think that's what I would do. But that's what I would say a game to watch, game number one to watch. Game number two to watch, the other Pac-12 matchup out west at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox, 18th ranked UCLA and 15th-ranked Oregon State, who has already taken down the Utah Utes, the two-time defending Pac-12 champions, on at home. And this one pretty much will be an elimination game in the Pac-12, as both schools already have one loss in conference play. 
This is another one with an odd line here. The Beavers are four-point favorites in this one, which is why I wouldn't play that. But if I had to make a play in this game, well, first of all, if I had to take a point spread in this game, I actually would take the Bruins who are getting four points in this one. I still think the Beavers are going to win this one, but I think it's going to be very, very close. And we've seen how it is to play Oregon State at home. It is a very, very tough place to play. Ask the Utes and how it is. But in this matchup, the question is, can Oregon State stop the Bruins' running attack, especially Carson Steele? There's going to be some decent points scored in this one, too. So, again, this is another game where I would take the over more than I would take the point spread, but another good one to watch. And, of course, the big one in South Bend, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on NBC, 10th-ranked USC and 21st-ranked Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, actually, again, the ones that are favorites in this one, USC getting points in this matchup. The over-under is over 62. Again, the safe bet in this one to me is the over. Uh, you know, the Trojans have allowed 41 points per game over the last two and 34 missed tackles in the last two weeks. And Notre Dame, if you look at this, they're kind of used to this spot. This is their fourth straight game in prime time. Of course, all nationally televised for everyone to see. In this matchup, Caleb Williams, he's the ultimate equalizer for how that porous defense is for the Trojans. But – Here's what I look at from the from the Irish side of things. If they're able to run the ball, Sam Sam Hartman able to make plays downfield, and you know the the Irish able to get long sustaining drives, then they're going to win this one because then you've got that porous defense going to be out there. Yes, USC could come back and score real quick, but again, time of possession, like we mentioned a couple of minutes ago, I could see this one going either way, which is why I wouldn't take the spread. But I could definitely see this, both of these teams putting up thirty points in this one. So. I think the over is going to hit in this one, too. So if you like offense, you're definitely going to like Saturday in the college football slate. And if you like college football, you're going to like the whole slate because we had three games on Tuesday. We've got games Wednesday. We have games Thursday, games Friday, and, of course, the big slate here on Saturday. So those are my ones to watch. Let me get to the games that are actually going to count for my record here against the spread. And these are games that we will pick against the spread. Now, last week we went 2-1 and one once again. So we're on a nice little trend here. We're 14-9 and nine in 2023. The only game that I got burned on and that prevented me from having a perfect week, which I should have had, was the fact that I took Missouri getting six and a half against LSU, and they were covering until the end of the game when they threw a pick six there at the end and US and LSU ran it back. So we got burned two weeks ago by going against by going with LSU, and we got burned last week by going against LSU. But you know what? We won the Red River rivalry game because we took Oklahoma getting points and they won that one outright. And we won with Alabama, who was laying two and a half against AM. And again, the way that they played with Jalen Milrow, Milrow plays like that, limits the mistakes. If Alabama can clean up their mistakes and their um, you know, their 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 penalties, then Alabama can make a run at this late. I just don't know they're going to be able to because they haven't shown for two years that they can that the discipline can get better. That's the thing. And they're still making mistakes out there. And against top superior teams, again, they still got a couple of more ranked teams they got to play on the schedule. Tennessee, I think, is coming up next week. That's going to be an interesting test for them. We'll see if they could do that. But Alabama is still alive while everybody and their kid brother is trying to find a way for Nick Saban's squad to get that second loss and ultimately knock them out of the playoff discussion picture. But right now, the way that this picture is, you got to think about it. I mean, USC, who I had as one of my four teams, they're in a lot of trouble right now with, with how they've been playing here these last couple of weeks. But let's get to the picks against the spread here. And in game number one, I'm going to pick a local game here. I'm in, I live in the Myrtle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina area. So let's go a little bit west here of where I am. 
And let's go to the Gamecocks here. Florida and South Carolina at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on the SEC Network. The Gamecocks are a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and I'm taking South Carolina in this one, laying the two-and-a-half, because when I look at these two teams, Florida needs to show up for the first half of, of road games. We've seen this already with them playing against Utah to start the year and, you know, against ten- in Tennessee. You know, it, until they, they show up, it's hard for me to pick the, the, the Gators on a road game. You know, they're going to have to keep Spencer Rattler quiet. I think that's a key for the Gators squad. But their secondary hasn't been the strongest unit this year, mostly due to turnovers, lack thereof, and poor play from veteran from their veteran members. Now, you look at Spencer Rattler, got to be fair, he's definitely improved a lot since last year. The Gamecocks have hung close with Georgia in that first half of that game a couple of weeks back until the fourth quarter when – when the Bulldogs started to find a rhythm of offense while forcing South Carolina to make desperate plays, you know, South Carolina had two costly turnovers against Tennessee, but I also look at this matchup and I'm going to go with the team that I think needs this game more and who do I trust more. And to me, I trust Spencer Rattler, Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks. So game number one, we're going to take the Gamecocks laying the two and a half against Florida. Game number two, out west, I'm taking 19th-ranked Washington State here, laying the eight against Arizona at 7 p.m. Eastern. You know, this is back-to-back road games for the Wildcats, and are they going to be able to get up for another road test after that overtime defeat against USC? I I just don't see it because I look at Washington State's side. They started off with a quartet of wins. Only one of them was a close one. You know, they opened up with a 50-24 to win over Colorado State. They beat Wisconsin 31-22. to They followed that up with a 64-21 blowout win over Northern Colorado. And then a tight escape at home, 38-35 over Oregon State. Now, last Saturday against UCLA, which was their only loss, they had a 17-12 to lead going into the fourth quarter. And then the Cougars gave up 13 unanswered points. I like how Cam Ward's been playing, and I think he's going to go off here. This is a tough offense for Arizona to face. And the number actually has been coming down in this one. It actually at one point was 10 and a half, but it's now down to eight. And I'm going to take, as I said, I'm going to take Washington State lane the eight. And I'm also going to continue a trend here because Arizona has lost each of his last 11 October games as an underdog. Well, let's make it a dozen. So the Cougars minus the eight in game two. Game number three, this pick has nothing, I repeat, nothing to do with the epic fail, by, epic fail by Mario Cristobal's Miami Hurricanes squad at the end of their game last week against Georgia Tech. This game has everything, I repeat, everything to do with how the North Carolina Tar Heels are. They're laying three and a half at home, the 12th ranked Tar Heels are against 25th ranked Miami. And they're trying to, they're looking to start 6-0 and here for the first time since 1997. I think they're going to get this one done here. You know, their offense, the Tar Heels offense, has not been slowed down once this season. They've scored more than 30 points in all five of their games. They're just coming off of the game last week against Syracuse where they racked up 644 total yards of offense, 32 first downs, 40 points against Syracuse. And, you know, this is going to continue against a a team that, pun intended, is dealing with a Category 1-like hurricane in their locker room following last week. Damage done. Give me the Tar Heels laying the three-and-a-half at home at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday night. So we're going with three home favorites for our picks this week. I'm going to take the Gamecocks laying two and a half against Florida, the Cougars laying eight against 
the Wildcats and the Tar Heels laying the three and a half against the Hurricanes on Saturday night. If you like all of our college picks, will you love our pro picks? I will see you back on Friday at 12 p.m. for week six of the NFL picks against the spread. So a true great Saturday and Sunday slate of college and pro football. And again, if you love football in general, you know, we are going to continue to have games day in and day out pretty much every day until the end of November. So as we start to enter the second half of the college season, we're just a couple of weeks away from the first college football playoff committee rankings, and that's going to take it to a whole nother level. And I tell you, there's still a lot that we don't know yet. You know, Ohio State, are they going to be in there? Florida State, are we going to have an ACC school in there? Can we get a Pac-12 school? Are we going to get a Big 12 school in the final four here as we get down the stretch of the season in the final year of the 14 playoff as we know it, the final year of the Pac-12 as we know it? There's so much that has to be decided. I cannot wait for this weekend to get started. So for more, like us on Facebook and Twitter at Game on ETB. You can follow me on Twitter at Montebano NY as well as on Instagram at Montebano NY. Check us out on our webs on our first off on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ETB network, where if you like our Monty moments and all of our content, please leave us a like. If you're new, hit that subscribe button. And of course, have your notifications set so you never miss a, another Monty moment or any of our our great content that's coming out. And I say that also because we may be doing a Monty moment on an unscheduled day now with how crazy the sports calendar now here is in October with now postseason baseball, with hockey being back, with basketball not that far away. There's so much happening. So, of course, have your notifications set. Check us out at our website at etbpodcast.com. You can get great blog posts, fantasy angles, you know, written NFL picks, so much more on our website. And if you can't watch us here on YouTube, you can catch us on the go wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Download, subscribe, and also check us out on the go as well. So enjoy your football weekend, everybody. It should be a great one. I'll see you back here next week. I'm Johnny Montebano.